You're listening to the Common Fan Podcast, a Husker football podcast for the common fan by the common fan. It's the Common Fan Podcast. It's a celebration pod. Hey, hello. Good evening, boys. I am TJ Burkle alongside Maddie Owens Sr. and Geoff in Lincoln. How are we doing tonight, boys? Doing great, T. Flying, flying high, T. It's the Sunday night after the Northwestern game. Uh, we're celebrating. I've got a little. I've got a little big red blend uh, going here uh, because the Huskers once again emerged victorious. That's two in a row. Uh, and on this pod, we celebrate all the W's, especially against you know uh, the last win before the bye week was uh, against Illinois at Fake Memorial Stadium. Uh, yesterday was an, a great win against Fake NU. Uh, there's only one NU, and I'll go so far as to say, boys, we will never lose to Northwestern again. Just another <laughs> one of those second-rate programs that we talked about <laughs> in the inaugural pod, uh, just like the rest of the Big Ten West. Matt Rule's got this thing humming. We're cooking. Watch out. A great win for the Huskers. Oh, we got to love it, right, T? I mean, for me, walking out of the stadium... You know, sometimes when there's, you know, we barely hang on or there's an ugly win or something like that. Um, you know, I've been walking, I've walked out of that stadium enough times over the years. There's people grumbling and groaning. That, that didn't happen yesterday. Um, a lot more smiles, a lot more yucking it up. And people just glad we closed that thing out. Look, we don't, uh, we don't have, go ahead, GF, go ahead. We, we, I mean, we have a winning record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello. I mean, I mean, it's been a while. It feels pretty good to be above 500. We are above 500, baby. <laughs> In late October, no, no less. Yes. Yeah. You know, we we don't have the luxury of taking any wins for granted, or and I think we're going to complain plenty about the offense in this pod. By the way. Yeah, we are. We will. We don't have the luxury of. Um, it's one thing to talk about what needs to be better, but it's a different thing uh, to allow that uh, to stop you from enjoying a win. Uh, that just makes no sense. We have, with what we've been through the last eight years as a fan base, celebrate all the W's, baby. Celebrate uh, the victories. And, um, you know, the vibe, I think, too. You know, last year, not to get into last year too much, but I think about last year when, what would he start off one and two and then frost got fired after the georgia southern game then we lost to oklahoma and we're and we're one and three mm-hmm. and it sort of felt like this thing is going to run off the rails this is a disaster and then they won tuna they beat uh indiana and then rutgers right right and mickey you know they kind of rallied around mickey and bill bush took over the defense and they were playing better and tougher and all that but even with that and even with like with the hope that that brought maybe seeing those better you know seeing those wins and saying okay well maybe this d can keep us in some games it sort of felt like, but this is another transition year. We have no right. idea what they're going to do with the head coach. It's probably not going to be Mickey. So we're like, it's it's going to be up and down. It's going to be ugly at times. And it was. And it's like, this isn't even in service of building something greater. This is just, you know. So now at yeah, least. All for nothing. We're, we're truly, yeah, three. truly interim. Truly interim. Yeah. And so now at least we're four and three. We have a real shot at a, at a bowl game. Um, And so obviously that's, you know reaching toward that is 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 the exciting part but also like when the offense does struggle when you know inevitably there are more bumps in the road you can see like they're trying to build something and rules got you know you can see the foundation he wants to build and it's just a totally different vibe totally different vibe totally um and you know i think we'll and we'll probably get into this too but and and i read some of this there's at least a couple people on twitter as i'm scrolling through um, just talking about how, yeah, you know, it's, it's rules first year, but we'd rather have the defense carrying the team versus the offense, right? That's yeah. to me, that's a more long-term like, okay, we can see what's being built already year one, the offense, we, you can, you can get pieces in and you can fix that part. Right. So I think we'd probably would most of us agree. There's, there's a real lack of depth there. And that's part of, that's part of the problem. Right. Um, Absolutely. 
you know, and that's not not even getting into the injuries. I mean, there was a lack of depth depth before we even had all these injuries, and now we're still dealing with it. But I think the fact that you know we're a defensive team, the defense is going to carry us if we can just find out find a way to not just take care of the ball, but score two, three touchdowns a game. We're going to be in good shape. And look, uh, I've seen I've seen people on Twitter suggesting they feel like that we could we could win every game left on our schedule you know no no one would be more excited about that than than these three common fans but again you know the benchmark for me this year is a bowl game get me get me to get me to the vandalay industries bowl on (laughs) december 14th at 10 a.m i don't care uh, what it is and and we're dancing in the streets um and we we win that sixth game pref and I really really I think we talked about this on the first pod I really want to have that sixth win before Iowa yeah and not have our bowl hopes contingent on the Iowa game but man if we can find two more wins before the Iowa game uh, this season is a smashing success and it's a little sad considering uh, how great our history is but that's where we are as a program and and we're you know step one is getting back to a bowl game yep absolutely. All right, real quick, before we forget, give us a follow on Twitter at CommonFanGBR. Send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. And that's CommonFanGBR at gmail.com. We got an email from Keegan telling us he loves the show. So thank you, Keegan. Keep listening. Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, Also have had a ton of fun engaging through the Twitter account on Twitter. Uh, Hats off to CommonFanOG Joe Ritz who uh, gave us a plug on Twitter, said that he was listening to the pod while mowing the lawn. Obviously, all Common fans love to listen to the pod while they're doing uh, chores uh, in the yard. So uh, hats hats off to Joe. And then everybody um, everybody who sent picks this weekend, we put out the call to Husker Nation on Saturday morning, a few hours before kickoff, and we said, hey, hey, folks, send us a picture of where you're watching the game from. And we got, we got a pretty good response to that. It was pretty, I was, the roll call was great. The roll call was a lot of fun uh, this week. So thanks for everyone who did that. Um, Several of the folks who shared picks were at the game. Uh, It wasn't necessarily meant to be just for people at the game. You know, if you're at a bar, if you're gathering with friends, if you're at a potluck. And in fact, we included the phrase potluck in the tweet, uh, what do you guys think about a good potluck? Uh, to me, there's nothing better than a good potluck. We don't have to spend too much time on this, but um, when I tweeted that out, I found myself, all I want is to be surrounded by friends and and 18 crock pots. Yep. At, a, at a good you wanna potluck. See, you want to see somebody spread. Somebody, some, you know, somebody's going to bring a little Smokies. Um, yeah, but you know what nice I... Cheese dip. I, oh, yes. You know what I, you know what I love at a potluck? <laughs> Somebody brings a real good buffalo chicken dip. Oh, get right out of town. I mean, I will be and I'll pay for it uh, the next day, <laughs> but I will I will scarf buffalo chicken dip. The um, buffalo chicken dip can be your main course at a potluck. Absolutely. You've got protein and dairy in there. The the only thing and, and G off and Lincoln, no surprise, is scoffing. So who knows no. what who knows what he's gonna drop? I know what he's gonna say. <laughs> but um the only challenge at a potluck is like you wanna you wanna like get your fill of everything. And you kind of have to, you know, you don't wanna you can't, you know, roll around in the dirt on every dish. Sometimes you just have to sniff the dirt a little bit, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, and I so, have a I have a theory on it. And then I'll let I think GF's probably got something to say too, but I've got you, I've got something to say. When you when you you usually for me, what my th- line of thinking is, and this maybe this is me being an eternal optimist, is when there's a potluck, nobody's nobody wants to bring something that sucks, right? So usually people are bringing their A game to a potluck. They don't want to be like, oh, oh God, who brought the god awful well, um, seven layer bean dip or whatever? That that stuff's terrible. Nobody wants that. So right. usually, were those potatoes cold? <laughs> <laughs> usually, usually some, somebody's bringing their A game, 
Um, and you know, if, especially if wives are involved, cause that's, I mean, ultimately like well, that, let's face it, if something's being homemade, your wife's, your wife's making it, even if she's not going, she's sending it with you and still doesn't want to be embarrassed with how, how bad that dish could be. The <laughs> other thing you get, the other thing you get at a potluck and sorry, Jeff, then you can talk is, uh, is oh, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic, uh, assortment of desserts, especially baked goods. So you got cookies, a lot of you know cookies and brownies, maybe even a, the occasional pan of kolaches. Oh yeah, a good kolache or scotcheroo. Uh, oh, oh, somebody's always bringing scotcheroos, and so I mean you can live and die just at the dessert table. Uh, so uh, that that's the other thing that's like your your gut is already busting because you've had you know seven wings and a whole plate of buffalo <laughs> buffalo chicken cheese dip. And probably a sloppy Joe and and who knows what else. And you haven't even started on the desserts, but you're like, when am I going to get this opportunity again? I've got to embrace the dessert table now. Well, and if, the, and if there's a Husker game on, you're also nervous eating too, right? And just like you know, you're pacing, you're not, even, you're not even sitting down. Like you're holding the plate in your hand, standing there watching the game. Are you not? You're not even paying attention no. to how full full you are. No. Right, first Jeff, of please. all, first of all, I don't ever nervous eat at a Husker game. I nervous drink. Like, I don't know what it is, but I can't, <laughs> That's eat a given. When I'm nervous. I can't eat when I'm nervous. It's either alcohol or nothing. Second of all, I'm going to say something that's probably really controversial to both of you and everybody listening, but I hate potlucks. I think they're freaking disgusting. <laughs> they're gross. And I'll tell you why. I will tell you why. First of all, usually when you're at a potluck and you're hanging out with your friends, yeah, you know a lot of them. I don't know where they're preparing this food at. I don't know what the conditions are or where they're preparing this food, but you- I just... I, I don't know how they're making it. It's not it's not being done in front of me. I just don't know. I don't trust it. So you so, you're going to game watching parties with people that have been on the actual show hoarders apparently, and he's just yeah. you like, think it's some sort of sweatshop from two gross. weeks ago or it's, something. It's gross to me. Second of all, a lot of times these potlucks are outside, and there's just flies. There's flies <laughs> on everything. I can't stand it. Like, ask my wife. Ask anybody you know. If we go out to eat and they say we need to eat outside or do I want to eat outside, it's an immediate no. I'd rather wait 45 minutes to an hour for an inside table rather than get an immediate table outside. I can't stand eating outdoors. It's just, it's gross. It's barbaric. Heat. Jeff. The heat and food. Just hold on. All right. Hold on a second. I'm not done yet. <laughs> eating outside in the heat with like anything that has any sort of dairy or Owens, you've said it, mayonnaise-based potato salad. Oh, yeah. Sitting in the sun for hours on end. I just remember this as a kid going to family reunions and seeing Tupperware of German potato salad just at room temperature, screaming food temperature danger zone. I can't believe I didn't get sick growing up in my family with some of these potluck dinners. Potlucks are disgusting. They're overrated. I cannot stand them. I know the people listening are going to hate this. I'm sure you two hate me even more, but they're yeah. gross. And let I'm going to die on that hill. Let me ask you this. Why do you hate America? <laughs> when did you become a communist, Jeff? <laughs> and, and that's you, the, pinwheels. You guys know these pinwheel things? Oh, yeah. I don't I actually, you know, the, the pinwheels I could take or leave. You know, they're fine. But, yeah. You know, yeah. Next thing you know, you're going to tell us you're a Notre Dame fan or something weird like that. Jeez. I was going to say Notre Dame's got depth in all of their offensive positions. Oh, God. No, we're not. We're not no, we know the rules, we're not Jeff. Talking about We've been through this. Okay. No one, we don't discuss the Irish. All right, fine. We won't talk about it. I bet you'd go to a Notre Dame potluck. Oh, you know, yeah. You know, some Italian sweater, okay. Italian sweater okay. on your, right, on right, your shoulders. Right, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I, went to, I went to the USC Notre Dame game in 2017 with a good buddy of mine. We went to a tailgate there. And they did almost like a potluck grill, had food ready to go. And I don't know who the people were. I hope it wasn't like a close family friend of who I was with. But these people cooked brats in probably like, I want to say five minutes. And that alone was a red flag to me. And I took a bite out of a brat at a Notre Dame tailgate. And the inside of it was still blood red. Oh. And things like experiences like that are why I hate potlucks and why I hate well, this communal eating thing. It just it grosses me out. It's at just, least you're an equal. At least you're an equal opportunity potluck hater. I mean, I yeah, guess that's you. you know that's I'm being that's fair. fair. Yep, exactly. That's fair. I want to call out one other thing. Let's move on from the potluck discussion. I'm and, not done. Uh, comment, too comment, divisive. 
too divisive. <laughs> Common fans, if you're listening, do not invite Geoff and Lincoln to your <laughs> next potluck or any potluck, apparently. Um, listen, we're going to apologize in advance to uh, Nebraska offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield. One, because we're going to bash on his offense in a minute. And two, because we know he's listening. He's obviously listening. Uh, and he listens to I'm the sure pod because uh, the Huskers' probably most exciting play, arguably most important play, uh, one of their two touchdowns came from uh, the option pass, the good old-fashioned option pass, and we had multiple common fan listeners reach out and point out that Matty O had called for the old school option pass yep. in in one of the midseason review uh, pods, and sure enough, what do you know? What do you see? Uh, <laughs> is is the next game the Huskers play? Not only do they run the option pass, they run it beautifully. It's a forty four yard touchdown from Heinrich Harburg to Malachi Coleman. Touchdown Huskers! Hats off to Matty O for basically winning, winning this game for the Huskers. You're welcome. Yep. You're welcome, Husker Thank Nation. You, no, the the question isn't is Satterfield listening. I don't know if you heard the explanation behind that play. Is Tom Osborne listening? <laughs> that play came from T.O. He he well, came in. He they said he came in and he said, "Hey, if you guys are going to run, you're going to run the belly option. You got to run the belly G pass." Apparently, that's what it's called. Um, for those of us that are less technical, we'll just continue to call it the option pass. There are several variations of that. Uh, pass that could be run but um, one of the things that I, I wrote down for for that game for me it was the three b's black shirts belly g pass Battlestar galactica go big red <laughs> look i think here's coach what coach do. osborne uh, we love you and you uh obviously are an absolute legend thank you for listening to the pod thank you, uh, thank you for coach listening osborne. coach osborne and yep. and you know we were happy to to sort of remind you of that play that you ran many times um we have to assume he's listening guys because i mean what was his rep the guy lived and breathed you know the job of being head coach in nebraska football he worked 12 14 16 hours a day he watched film he left no stone unturned very detail oriented so we can only assume he's listening to the guy. absolutely absolutely but like how, how much how great is that how much proof is that that some things in football are just timeless like the guy just comes in and says hey you're running this like this is probably going to work and and well, sure as hell it works and it gets like our stud true freshman receiver from lincoln his yes. first touchdown on like a sweet basically game clinching touchdown bomb what how how cool was it that you know quarterback Heinrich Harburg from Kearney Catholic yep. connects with, you know, uh, Lincoln East Spartan Malachi Coleman, uh, both, both Nebraska boys. And like you said, Matt, um, clinching the, you know, they ended up being the game clinching, um, touchdown. Um, just awesome. Just fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I loved um, it. I, I had, I, I, I'll be, I'll be honest. I was a little misty eyed, uh, up in North stadium. When that happened, and, and I and I said I turned to, I turned to my son, and he has n had no idea what I was talking about. But I'm like, oh my god, option pass! And he's looking <laughs> at me like, what? And I'm like, I'll talk to you about it later. <laughs> well, unfortunately, and uh, this brings us to our our first major agenda item. Unfortunately, that was one of the few highlights, <laughs> yeah, one highlights of the few bright spots for right. for the offense this week. Uh, let's talk about this offense. I think both of these things can be true gentlemen I, I think at least the three of us and and a good chunk i would say the, the vast majority of husker nation believes matt rule is the right guy for this job 100%. he's the right guy for the job uh, because of his philosophy he believes in playing stout defense running the ball stopping the run for all of those reasons we're also at a point in time in the program where we really are in a rebuilding phase really starting from scratch sad as it is we've covered that ground before but rule is a builder and he's built. He's got a process that has worked in two other uh, two other occasions at the college level. Matt Rule is the right guy for the job. We all believe in, in Coach Rule. Uh, this is so. That's one, two. Also true. Even in the first year of a new staff, even with all of the injuries, the performance of this offense is really not acceptable. Right. That's right. Answer. What do you guys? What do you guys think? Well, there, there's maybe, a couple. There, no, there's a there's a few things for me that absolutely are unacceptable. One of the unacceptable things is a quarterback should never drop a snap. 
And I think I think Heine did that again on Saturday. And the other thing is we we can't you I don't care what year your your staff is uh, is in. We can't fumble handoffs like that's happened. Um, And then like some of some of it's it's not just the kids making mistakes either. Like we're in our first series on offense, we're pinned down there our own our own end zone at our backs. And the first play they call is a drop back pass. For Harburg, he throws a pick on the first damn offensive play. Like, I get that our defense is sweet, but we don't need to be like putting them in those positions. I mean, they had Northwestern's first three possessions started on on our side of the field. We were damn lucky to be down three nothing after those three possessions. Like, it could have easily been twenty one nothing, seventeen nothing. Like, thank God our defense is good enough. I mean, I think through two of those possessions, they had actually had like negative six total yards. Like that's not going to happen when, I mean, even with Purdue, it's not going to happen or, or even lowly Michigan state right now that God, they are down that down in the dumps in the mud right now, but you can't depend on that type of stuff to happen the rest of the season. That's, that's such a good point. North and Northwestern came into the game as a team that had struggled to stop the run. I mean, that's what drives me nuts is uh, we all look, we all, I don't want, I don't want the Huskers. I don't want us to be Iowa and Minnesota and, and what Northwestern has been for the last 10 years. I would like us to be more explosive. I would like us to throw the ball around a little bit more. I don't think all of Husker nation is just complete and total run, run the ball guy or run the option like we did in the nineties. But we do know the value of being a run first team and establishing the run and, and getting those two yards when you need to get two yards. And I just don't understand not only like, not only did, uh, they call a pass on the first play. But like you said, Matt, it was a straight drop back. You don't even roll him out and give him an easy dump off or an easy screen play, something to get get him going, get the offense going, get that first play under your belt. I would have preferred <laughs> to see some sort of run. Um, but it was just disappointing. And actually, I mean, I will say, I think about three guys were open on that play. Yeah. Uh, in, including including the guy he was trying to throw it to, uh, which I think was Fedoni. But Emma Johnson was open. And I think it may be Alex Bullock. Unless I missed a guy on the back end, I think Alex Bullock was got behind the defense as well. So some guys were open. But I just hate the idea of the wind is a factor that day. Um, you're, yep. you're, you know, we, the one thing we've done well on offense has been, you know, some sort of either run with a quarterback or, you know, you run an option or just hand it off, whatever. Like you felt like they should come out of the bye week with sort of a narrowed down. We talked about this on the midseason review pod, narrow down the menu a little bit, figure out what we're going to be really good at. That doesn't mean you can't throw it up every now and then, but like we don't have to like catch teams off guard. Like they know we're going to run the ball. Let's run the ball. And instead, you know, you hand it to Northwestern on the first, you negate, you negate the, the uh, advantage of receiving the kick to begin the game completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one thing I, I noticed too is, and I think they brought it up during the game too, is when they drop back like that on the first play, they pointed out that after the fact, if he rolls out, just roll him out, he's more accurate just on the run like that than he is just dropping straight back. So part of me wonders is play calling is an issue, obviously, but how come, why, why the heck can we not just – I don't understand play calling-wise why we can't just figure that out or why that – was like you said, coming off of bye week, TJ, how we didn't already have that plan in place. Like, was Do you think that our plan was to initially just air it out immediately or is that something that – I mean, they're, they're probably going – don't you think even even considering the, the, the situation pinned down, the only thing I could think of, there's two things that I thought of was – they've got to still be going with their script like Mm -hmm. that's that 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 part is okay there's they want to stick to the script okay that was what they wanted to do the first play i still don't think maybe that's the best idea but then the other thing that i thought of was a lot of times when there's a new coaching staff at a school i kind of feel like although i think they've done a great job of not trying to fit a square peg in a round hole I think that there still is that tendency of like, okay, we got to show the quarterbacks we're recruiting, the receivers that we're recruiting. Like, yeah, we're trying to throw the ball, but we can't because we don't have guys like you. 
that's sometimes I think that still creeps into the situation and maybe, and maybe I'm wrong, but you know, when you're trying to get a stud receiver to come play ball and he's like, well, you're going to have me block the whole game. Like, you know, there, there, I still think there is some of that. So I don't, and maybe I'm wrong. No, that's interesting. I've never even thought of that before, but that's an interesting look at it. Owen. It's, it's whatever it is. It's, it's just not good enough. And I know, again, I know they've had a ton of injuries, And I always give whatever coach it is the benefit of the doubt. All of these guys have forgotten more about football than we'll ever know. But it just it's just baffling that we didn't come out, especially the way like we saw Emmett Johnson run and Anthony Grant, like they were able to break some runs. Um, We know Harburg, you know, can run the option. I just I just think you you just don't need to come out with that. And then you throw the pick and then you're behind the eight ball. And then Mm The defense played great. We got the three. I think we got the three and out. But then they punt it and they pin us back to the one yard line or or the one inch line, basically. Yeah. And then so the next drive is basically I mean, you got to run your first play is basically let's push Harburg forward for a yard or two as much as we can get. I mean, you're kind of screwed on the second drive. And it just it just set a tone of starting the complete opposite way we would have wanted to start. Right. Even if we're playing a field position game, even if we're not getting points right away. Let's emphasize getting two or three first downs. And then if we have to punt the ball, we flip the field and our outstanding defense can make a stop. And then we're winning the field position game, at least. And we're putting ourselves in a better you know, situation to get points. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and that's I what. Think, sorry, go ahead. But, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just thought that like once we finally did get out of our own our own uh, territory and we went down and remember, we we kicked a field goal, tied it up three, three. I turned to. uh to Maddie Jr. and I said, and I said, you know, the biggest thing about that was, yeah, great, we got points, but we we basically flipped the field by doing that because we we were kind of just stuck down there for those first few possessions. So to me, the biggest thing was like, get just even if we didn't score there, get out of there so we can get field position game back, kind of more balanced or, or maybe even in our favor because it's with an offense that struggles that bad, that can be so backbreaking. If you can't get that field flipped. Yeah. Well, and the, the concern when the offense is that bad to me is the margin for error is so small. And so it feels like you can never put a team away. So even, you know, the Huskers score to go up 17, six on the play called by Matteo and senior, obviously not only Marcus Satterfield, but Tom Osborne listening to the pod <laughs> decide, you, decide that listening. that's what the Huskers need to do. The Huskers score. You know, you're welcome, common fans. Um, so then on the following drive, Northwestern hits the big pass down the sideline. Uh, Hartsog got beat on that one. Credit to him for hustling to, to prevent a TD on that. Yes. Play. Yeah. Yes. And he also sure. he also made a huge stop on third down on, on the following. Yeah. On a, on a bigger series. guy, too. I was so it's, impressed with that. It was a big, it was, I think it was a tight end. And I'm like, oh, crap. You never know how this is going to go. Smaller DB trying to tackle a tight end. But he went low and took him down. And that was Hartzog made a huge play running that guy down. And and I think it was earlier. They broke that run that got, they got a leak in the D and they mm-hmm. broke a long run and Omar Brown chased that guy down and tackled yeah. him. That's two yep. plays where if our guys aren't our hearts, aren't in it, they maybe, they maybe don't go all out and try to run those guys down. And that's a touchdown. Well, and look and what happens. What, they don't, they don't even get in the end zone on the day eight. because two times we had guys run them down and tackle them and keep them out of the end zone. And then we end up holding them for field goals. Well, and that's the point I was trying to make is that the D and credit to the D just for the all out effort and execution and just being as good as they are. But like, even great defenses are going to give up bus plays. It's going right. to happen. There are going yeah. to be ga- There are going to be games when those plays get into the end zone instead of just end up as field goals or end up as punts or whatever. And the offense is so bad that all it takes is one or two big plays like that. And the other team is either still hanging around or they've retaken the lead. And so I I feel like that's going to bite us eventually. Hopefully it doesn't bite us enough times to keep us out of the Vandalay industries bowl. But um, (laughs) like we like, that's just the, the, the thing that just makes you want to pull your hair out as a Husker fan is this defense is so good. Hats off to Tony White. Pay the man, Matt Rule. Pay the man, Trev Alberts. Bring this guy back for years to come. Uh, this defense is outstanding, but I really hope the offense being so inept doesn't end us end up costing us a bowl game. Yeah. 
Well, I, remember you, I think you said, TJ, when for the Illinois game, we were talking about it and recapping that. And I think it, for a minute there, I think it was like 10-7 or something like that. And it was like, you know, we're, we're clearly controlling this game, but it's one big play and we're losing. And I, I still, I had that in my head and it was 10-6 yesterday against Northwestern. And I'm like, man, if they get one big play and we're down now, we're down 13-10. Like what's going to happen here? Because we're it's really tough sledding for us moving the ball. Yeah. So yeah, praise praise God we didn't have to worry about it. Let's let's not stay on the negativity too long. No, Satterfield, figure it out. Listen, email the show commonfangbr at gmail if you want more play suggestions. Uh, obviously, <laughs> Ma- Matteo and all of us are here to help out with that. We, look, we were here for the nineties. We know. We oh yeah, so I've got a lot of yeah. We can. You know what? We have I coached a uh, I coached an undefeated. First grade NFL play 60 black football team this Ooh. year. So I do have a few plays up the sleeve. Um, so Coach Sat, Dr. Tom, if you guys want some more suggestions, let me know. Yeah, email, email, many, email the show. Give us a call. Whatever. I've won a many NCAA football uh, early PlayStation <laughs> 2 tournaments back in the day. Uh, so, yeah, if you need any advice, please let me know. Yeah, was it set on the 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 lowest difficulty level though, Jeff? Yeah, it was only five minute quarters too. <laughs> Just four verts every single every single play. Four verts. Everybody go yeah. deep. Don't a, champion, a championship's a championship, and hats off to you. Uh, you. I, one, one more one more thing on the offense, guys. This is going to blow your mind. Uh, I looked up. I, I was looking at some stats this evening. So the the Huskers currently come in nationally at 107th in total offense. How many Big Ten? We are in front of multiple Big Ten teams, and we are ahead of multiple Big Ten teams in that category. How many do you think we're ahead of? I'm I'm gonna guess. Oh gosh, I feel like this is a trick question, but I, I'm so I'm, I'm thinking Iowa, and I'm thinking I'm thinking maybe Indiana. Um, I Iowa for sure. I don't know, probably and probably Michigan. I don't four. Geoff, do you have a guess? I'm gonna say. Two. I was going to say Iowa and God, probably is it Michigan State? Maybe I don't even know how many points they've scored this year. Well, you guys both have accurately picked some of them. We're ahead of six Big Ten teams <laughs> what? in the total <laughs> offense category. Uh, Huskers okay. come in at 107. Rutgers is 109. Oh, Michigan State, correct. Geoff is 112. Indiana, Matteo is 118. Uh, Minnesota, a second-rate program that we should have beat, is 123. Northwestern is 126. And Iowa is dead last in in, in all Wow. Across all the land. I feel so sorry for them. At 133. I don't. Don't feel sorry for them. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Absolutely not. So, you know, we're middle of the pack in the conference, guys. Let's not be be too hard. Hey, all right. All right. (laughs) All right. Satterfield. Let's move to some highlights here um, because, again, we celebrate all the W's and we're four and three. We got a winning record in late October. Uh, we're on on track for the Vandalay Industries Bowl. And well, first of all, we've, we've mentioned it already tonight. Defense outstanding once again. Um, looked at some stats for this too. 20, number, we're number 21 in total defense nationally uh, at this moment in time, uh, the day after the Northwestern game. Uh, where do you think we are in rushing defense nationally? Mm, top 20. We are in the top five. Hey, I'll be damned. What number do you think we are? Five. <laughs> we, Four. We are, we are five. We are five. I shouldn't have narrowed it down to five only. But, uh, fifth, uh, fifth in rushing defense. Like, just how good does that feel to say? How good does that feel? That's incredible. Uh, to see, yeah. Um, a couple other nuggets that I thought Husker fans would appreciate. We're number 26 in scoring defense, so mm-hmm. right outside the top 25. And then this one, number 11 in total sacks. Who doesn't love that? No, I love that part. Love, love being able to get after the quarterback. Well, uh, I mean, look at that last uh, series for us at the end of the game. We're not playing any sort of prevent defense, just bringing the house oh. every play. That was awesome. Oh, my gosh. I loved it, guys. I love so so great, and it worked, and it was effective. Yeah, and also just, I mean, the guy who is putting his mark on this season and is a joy to watch 
is the polar bear. Oh, I mean, yes. Na- Nash Hutmaker is all over the field. The guy was undefeated in four years as a high school wrestler. And he's, he's like, he just, he moves well. He's a beast. He's so strong. He can't be moved. And, and he's kind of, you know, I think it took him a couple, you know, like it takes anybody, especially at the, at the, at the O line and D line level, you got to build up your strength. You got to adjust to the D one level, but he's just dominating. Yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. He's playing really, really well. And, uh, as a former defensive tackle myself, I just love it. I mean, I can't get enough of it. It it is it is borderline erotic to me. <laughs> I I almost spit out my big red blend there. <laughs> D-line play. You can't beat good D-line play. Oh. I mean, and you sign me up. Did you say he's a former wrestler too? Yes, he is. In high school at least. I mean, high school out of South I Dakota. Mean, I mean, you got to be tough for that. He's probably dealt with, you know, ringworm and cauliflower ear and all that stuff. I mean, that sounds like one tough SOB. No, he absolutely is. Um, and in addition to the the ringworm and the cauliflower, yeah. <laughs> he's, he just he just beat a lot of guys in wrestling. Yeah. Uh, here's another. I wanted to point out. Um, I think a key drive. Obviously, the the option pass. Touchdown pass to go up 17-6, as called by Matty O. Um, gave us some distance, some breathing room, and and um, really helped kind of, I feel like, helped, helped us feel like we were in the driver's seat. I think the, the first touchdown drive was as important or more important. So Northwestern kicks a field goal to go up 6-3. Um, we're getting late in the second quarter. We get the ball back on the kickoff and start our drive with 541 left on the clock. We go down the field with a steady diet of Emmett Johnson runs. Hats off to yeah. him, by the way. Yeah. That kid looks fantastic. Uh, a few well-timed and well-executed completions. I think Fedoni had a catch or two on that drive. I think Bullock had one. But those were much more like they looked like, you know, manageable throws. Um, and they got us, you know, they, they helped us stay on schedule. And then I think it was a first and 10, but it was a big 20-yard run from Harburg that got us inside the 10-yard line, first and goal. And then we put, we punch it in when Harburg scores it's 23 seconds left. So we get the ball at the 541 mark. We take almost all the rest of the time off the clock and then uh, score with 23 seconds left, go into halftime up 10, six. We would never relinquish uh, the lead after that. But this speaks to that kind of um, area of the game that I think coach rule has talked about. And it's, and it's an area that, that Husker teams of recent years have lost repeatedly but it's winning the last four minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half so my recollection of the entire third quarter was that it was just a big mushy bowl of i don't know if there's a word if there's a word that combines boring and disgusting that was kind of the whole third quarter so the first four minutes of the second half were kind of like whatever but again d making stops at least right yeah um and that last four minutes of the first half we basically executed. A, uh, we held onto the ball. We didn't give it back to them with time to do anything. We scored a touchdown. You know, we not only got into the red zone. We not only got points, but we scored a touchdown. We took the lead. We took the momentum into halftime. That was extremely important in this game. And I think those are the kinds of game management things we really haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. And it's nice to see, again, when we talk about the beginnings of a foundation, those are the things that win you games. Any thoughts on that? <laughs> no, I think you're, I think you're spot on. Um, and, and, you know, just like it, it's, I remember early on when, before the season, I think it might've even been back in the spring. Um, one of the, one of the high school coaches in, here in Nebraska, and I can't remember where it was from, but had said something something to the effect of uh, the adults are in charge now. And I keep, you know, watching these games and there's situations in each game, right? Every game's different. But it feels it feels to me like these guys have been around the block and they know how to manage a game. They know what should be happening, right, at every stage of the game. And that's, for me, just so reassuring, especially, you know, going back through the last five, six years where the game management, clock management, timeout management, you know, onside kicks up 11 points. Like what, what, what coaching strategy playbook 
are you getting some of this stuff from? You know, whereas with these guys, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Makes sense to take a time out here. Like I remember some guy behind me grumbling because uh, it was on the last Northwestern's last series of the game. And some guy was grumbling because we called timeout because I was third or fourth down. And I'm like, hell yes, take a timeout. Make sure you're you're set and you know what to do if they come out in certain sets on offense. Absolutely take a timeout. We've got three. They're, they're almost out of them. He's probably thinking, well, Northwestern doesn't have any. They've got one timeout. I can't remember what it was. But it's like, no. Would you rather have them take a timeout and know what the, when the kids know what they're supposed to do out there or just try to you know let it let it fly? And so I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for the game management. I think absolutely if we can win the last four of the first half and and win the first four minutes of the second half, we're going to be in pretty good shape. I agree with you, Matt. Just and I can't say that I felt this confident since God, it's been a while. But you brought it up not to go too far into the past, but over the last few years, just whenever something would happen, a big chunk play in previous seasons where, for instance, like. Northwestern game, the big run that they broke off or that big pass play after Coleman scored. Whenever there was a huge play, the opposite team pulled off against us. In years past, I felt like our team would just melt down. Whether it was the players yeah, or the coaches, like they shrivel. got their own heads. They freaked out. They're like, oh, Snowball. it's happening again. It's yep, happening Snowball. again. Yeah. And, and now I don't have that feeling anymore. Like Even though they broke off that big run, and that big pass play, I was still confident enough knowing that we're still going to try. We're going to hang in there. But in years past, I did not have that confidence at all. So that's refreshing. So I agree. No, it, it feels like they're, they're almost like the, the mindset of like, hey, you know, we told you this this could happen. Now here's what we do to prepare. Here's what we do to, to stop this or fix it. That's what it feels like. It, just watching it as a, as a common fan, as a casual observer – it just feels like they're more prepared for just about any given situation that's thrown at them. Um, well, and, and I think you know, a, go ahead, Matt. Sorry. No, that's all I got. I think they're doing a great job of addressing these things head on, knowing that it's been a problem in the program and trying to get these guys to see in four quarters in 60 minutes of football, things are going to go, there's going to be swings and there's going to be runs and things are going to go your way. And then they're not going to go your way. And they can sort of address this stuff out front. They talk about it in practice and they sort of get out in front of it and say, like talking, you know, they're, they're, they're teaching them to be resilient and they're teaching them, you know, to close out these games. And that's what we're seeing. Um, We don't, I don't want to go too far into the past. Like you guys said, um, I remember for the longest time and we all, we all, still shocking to me that the frost era did not work out and for the longest time um i would come up with reasons well you know this is better or that's better or whatever but ultimately it came down to they kept losing close games something's got to be off a focus on details there's got to be some sort of culture issue something is off and i didn't want to believe that and a lot of us didn't want to believe that but i think ultimately um it was true and i think what we're seeing early on from rule is the complete opposite where He's focused on every detail and he's focused. He, he addresses problems head on and he doesn't let things linger. And we're starting to see that with games being closed out. Oh, excuse me. I just had to mute for common fans. I just had to mute and like almost hawk up a lung. So whew, I almost didn't get that sentence up. Sorry, guys. Um, that does transition. That's the last point I wanted to make just on the on the sort of positive and the highlight is all we're four and three, boys. Okay. All four of those wins have not been blowouts. They've all been games that we, you know, could have conceivably lost in the not too distant past. Two of the four of them are conference games against conference foes that Husker fans always feel like we should be year in and year out, but we haven't. Uh, too often in recent years and we got the job done let's end where we started yeah right and that is we mm-hmm. celebrate all the w's uh, whatever coach rule is doing he's got these guys believing certain parts of it are still ugly they don't have all the pieces in year one we should probably we should probably be prepared for a little bit more of a roller coaster uh in the last yep. five games right absolutely um, but they're four and three we're on track for the something something bowl, the something.com bowl, whatever it might be, 
the Vandalay Industries Bowl. We've 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 put ourselves in this position, um, and it's year one. I know everyone is sick of feeling like we're rebuilding and feeling like we're feeling like we're building towards something, and we just want to be in a game where we're a top 10, 10 team playing another top ten team, and we don't have to worry about you know simple things like like snaps being executed. But we're just right. not we're not there yet, and it starts with building a foundation. Yeah, and so Coach Rule is is I firmly believe he's building that foundation, and. The defense is ahead of the offense right now, but we are on the path to getting this thing back to where it needs to be. Right. And I think, you know, big, you know, 20, 30,000 foot view on this thing. Um, Take a look at our surroundings, right? Like really for me, couldn't be a better year in our conference, especially in our division to have a first year coaching staff with how just for sure bad the big 10 West is. I mean, let's, let's, let's be real about it. Um, There there's almost every single team is very similar to us. I mean, pretty good defenses tackle. Well, usually fundamentally fairly good, but really, really challenged on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and there, I mean, I didn't get to see, I got to see a little bit of Iowa, the very end of it, saw the controversial stuff, but, um, you know, what, what Iowa fans are complaining about this, this call by the refs, but they had two yards of offense the whole second half, two yards. Yeah. And you're going to complain that you lost because of a, because of a questionable call. Yeah. It was a questionable call, but have more than two yards. And then maybe you can complain a little bit more. Um, the, the big 10 West is, is just so bad. And yeah. for for us, for Nebraska, it it's it works out great. It's perfect storm. Um, because you know we we kind of referenced it earlier, but I don't I, you're, you know even when we did our midseason review, we're looking at it like we're picking. You know, we picked a couple of losses. I'm not so sure we can't beat Maryland, and Wisconsin. Now, like, who's to say After we don't? What I saw on Saturday, no. Nope. I mean, Wisconsin's not to me. You know, not nearly as. Going to Wisconsin and winning to me not nearly as daunting as it was two three weeks ago, um, and in their quarterback, what's his name? Uh, um, um, it's escaping me right now. Wisconsin's quarterback, they got it. Mordecai. I don't know. Mordecai. Anyway, he, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's he, out. Didn't he, yeah, didn't he break his hand? Or something? He's he's out, and I, and I don't know if he's get, how long he's going to be out. But yeah, that's a factor. But still, like I don't look, and I think Rule even said this before the Northwestern game was like. We can beat every team that's left on our schedule, and every team that's left on our schedule can beat us. Like, yeah. so, so this actually this brings up an interesting point that that we've talked about on the on the broader text chain with with the guys. Um, <clears throat> we could still win the West. Yeah. Now, do we, we want all to? we do we want to win the West? <laughs> we all we all Let's agree, finish second. We all agree we want to get to a bowl game. Uh. I'm not sure we want to win the West. But you know what? Am I allowed to say that? I I don't know, because I was talking to my son about this, and I'm like, you know, I don't, you know, we were talking, me and the guys were talking about this. I don't know if we want to win the West, then we just go get killed by Michigan, most likely Michigan, but could be Ohio State. And he's like, he looks at me like, what are you saying? Like, why wouldn't you at least want a chance to be in that game? Like, you know, you're trying to raise me to like, never think you're going to going into a game that you're, that you're going to lose. And I'm like, well, dang it he's got a point like we don't they don't play the games on paper and weird things happen like it can the ball bounces weird ways sometimes and i'm like gosh maybe the kid's right like if we made it to the big 10 championship game in year one with rule even if we get smoked isn't that like hey we made it to the championship game we won the west we want to win the west so i don't know i'm i'm I'm, it's a slippery slope for me because i don't want to get embarrassed by michigan on national tv again but it already happened it's tough to what, beat the same team more. twice in one year right boys <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know that's a, that's a good point both of you and i'll i'll t- tuck my tail and and run here uh <laughs> but um i mean that, that's a really good point it's year one of coach rule we've had a half the starters on offense have either left the team or been injured um and so I think people would sort of probably not have a lot of expectations for Nebraska. Um, but I mean, who, I mean, 
you know, I mean, what kind I would think about what kind of potlucks we could have <laughs> on, on the no. night of, on the no. night of the, on the night of the big 10 championship. Five game. gallon least, bucket of Buffalo cool. chicken. Dip. <laughs> at least it wouldn't be 95 degrees outside with mayonnaise based foods. all Yeah. Over the place. Truth. yeah it, it would be, it would be an indoor potluck. Okay. Cause it'd be, <laughs> it'd be in the first weekend of December. No flies. Thank God. Yeah, the baked Still goods would be, the would be off the hook. The baked goods would be off the hook. Probably some Valentino's. Definitely some sloppy joes. Um, oh. I mean, the whole place would just smell like heaven. Crockpots sloppy everywhere. Joes you can't beat it. Too. Don't get me started on sloppy joes either. They're not very good. I'm sorry. I'll, let's keep going with the pod. We'll talk about the Oscars. Sloppy joes are gross, though. Oh, what did you just, what did you just say? Dang it, Jeff. <laughs> Impromptu meeting of the Common Fan Board of Directors coming emergency meeting coming after directly <laughs> after this recording I, of the okay, pod i should take that back they're not gross but like i have you ever just been like i could really go for a sloppy joe right now ever have you yeah, wanted no, I, that's a fair sloppy joes are not for everyone i'll eat I, if, I if sloppy joes if sloppy joes are present i'm eating three of them if sloppy joes are yeah. present, oh I'm yeah but i would never just be like hey kids you guys i'm gonna make some sloppy joes tonight i'm just not no, that's, fair. that's yeah, fair you know no Next thing you're going to tell me is you hate a pulled pork, barbecue pulled pork sandwich, Jeff. What the hell is the matter with you? I'm not going to, I love pulled pork sandwiches. I cooked one on the smoker just a couple of weeks ago. It's delicious. Do you like living in a free society, Jeff? <laughs> Do you like living in America? America. Yeah, God bless you. America. Whew, where I have the freedom you. to choose what I like and what I don't like. <laughs> uh, fair point. Fair thank point. you. Uh, but you, you know, I did hear, I did hear um, GF on the phone uh, the other day. And it sounded like maybe he was speaking Russian, but I can't totally be sure because I'm not a language expert. Um, mm-hmm. Just saying, I don't know if that what that means or anything, but you know, discuss. Well, uh, I, I, he should he should be well aware at this point that the that the Common Fan Board of Directors is mo- monitoring all activities. So take take that for what it's I'm worth, innocent, man. Take that whatever for what it's do, worth. You can you can do whatever you want to do, but uh, <laughs> oh, hold on, let me check my mic here. CFIC. <laughs> <laughs> they're on to me I, I knew it i knew they're it on to him. all right wrapping up this uh northwestern celebration pod we're going to hand out some corn cobs what is a corn cob that's the equivalent of a game ball it is a uh a recognition of a husker player or players who had an outstanding performance uh, in this husker victory so uh for the first ever corn cobs geoff why don't you start us off geoff you you potluck hating uh <laughs> little irishman you all right uh i'll throw it out here right just right in front of all of you uh i know defense wins championships and that's the the big phrase defense is a i get it it, it, it does win championships but as not only a common fan but as a casual fan of football we like the glitz. We like the glamour. We like touchdowns. We like passes. We like last-second victories. We like things like that. So even though our defense is fantastic, I have to give my corn cob to my man Malachi Coleman simply because it looked sexy. It looked good. It was to the back of the end zone. The crowd was roaring. Everything that a casual football fan loves was all in that play. Uh, I can't get enough of it. I want more of it. I hope our offense gets better, but Malachi Coleman gets my corn cob for this week. Oh, I love that. God, and he did look him. really good catching that ball. And you know what? You know what? I don't know if anyone's uh, heard anyone mention this, but the the way the sun was coming down, coming, coming down over uh, West Stadium, there was like he he had the ball in, in shade and shade and shade and then in sunlight. And there was no struggle at all whatsoever with him catching that ball. I mean, TJ, yeah. with your baseball background, you know when a hitter's when a hitter's at the plate and there's shadows, and that pitcher's in the sunlight and the plate is in the shade. Kind of, I think about the same kind of thing there. But he snagged that thing just like suction cups on the hands. That was a beautiful well, catch. Good, that, a good pick, that, Jeff. That's not easy. Great call, Jeff. And by the way, I love you, Jeff. Man, I mean, I take hey. back every I take back hey, everything I said. That was a fantastic <laughs> speech. You should run for something, and you've got my vote. Thank um, you. The and the other thing about Coleman guys is he's a true freshman. Yeah, you know, he yeah. was you know he was going to the prom. He was going to homecoming a year ago. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so the future is bright there, but yeah, I mean, and then not only was it a great catch with the uh, shadows and sunlight issue, he also beat the guy by a couple of, times. Oh yeah. You know? I mean, he's just a great athlete. So that's like the future is bright on that front. That was super exciting. I hope they can find, you know, look like that's the thing they've got Fedoni, they've got Coleman, uh, between Emma Johnson and Anthony Grant, we've got two good running backs and then fleeks mixed in like, Come on, baby. Let's figure something out with this offense. Yeah. Side. A couple other right. young receivers played a little bit too. That uh, Doss, I think yeah, 85. Jaden Doss. Yeah. And Jayden then Doss, 19, yeah. Um, is it Lloyd? Yes. Yep. At one point, we had like five or six freshmen in the huddle on offense, which I'm a little, little nervous, but these kids are getting some good minutes. Get these guys in there at this point. All right, Matty, oh, your corn cub. All right, my corn cob. I I I checked with the common fan board of directors on this one, and they said I could split it between three guys. And we wow. kind of referenced wow. this earlier, but I want to call these guys by name because one of them I think has been just just awesome this year, and has been an awesome, pleasant surprise. So my and and that guy's Jabari Butler. I think him coming off the edge, number ten, um, athletic. Um, plays aggressive. Um, it's like what's their phrase? Uh, RDV, relentless, discipline, violent. That kid's that kid's doing it. Um, so Butler and then Prince Will, Uman Ellen. That guy was awesome too. I think he I think he led us in tackles or was tied for the team lead in tackles and then had a sack or sack and a half. He was awesome too. And then the guy that they brought up off of the practice squad, James Williams, number ninety. Mr. Blue Gloves. That guy was awesome. Apparently, like I read read somewhere they, they started calling him Mr. Sack in practice. <laughs> and they're like, okay, let's see what this guy can do. I love that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, th- this guy's getting after it in practice and sacking, he's probably sacking our, our Harburg. And you know, if they're going ones on ones, they're like, let's give this guy a shot. And he delivered, he got a sack. Um, well, so those those three guys coming off the edge. Um, I think is huge, and they're all. And I don't, I can't remember what year Williams is. I didn't look that up, but Butler and Umami Allen, they're both freshmen or sophomores, I think. So these, I mean, these young guys that could potentially be starting for us for another two, three years, I think is just super odd. I'm super encouraged by those by those guys. Well, and and hats off to uh, defensive line line coach Terrence Knight and pot roast, pot roast, potluck, you, pot you, roast. You, Let's you, get all you, the- you need a good pot roast at any good potluck. I'm just Googling this here, and uh, James Williams is a sophomore. Um, there you go. And he transferred from Northern Iowa, I believe. So Yeah. Uh, but he heads off to pot roast for saying, like, I mean, how many times have we heard about guys flashing on the practice squad in the last several years, and you never see them? Yeah. And he puts puts them in a game with live bullets, and the guy comes through. So, you know, uh, pot roast is going to bring his pot roast to the next potluck, and um, uh, just – really exciting stuff like you said all three guys and i i can never pronounce prince will's last name i know I the, i've I been practicing on it uman mielen uman uman mielen uman mielen uman mielen okay that, that that makes sense looking at how it's spelled um also i love the first name prince will yeah prince will is outstanding mm-hmm. all right with my I, i'm gonna award yeah, my let's hear your cob. let's hear your corn cob tea yeah my corn cob goes to the polar bear uh, oh, of course, Nash Hutmaker. I mean, he looked like. Do you guys remember? I think it was Christian Peters' sophomore year, and it was like right before the run. You know, it was like maybe ninety three, maybe it was ninety four. Um, but I think he was a sophomore against Oklahoma, and Oklahoma wasn't very good then. But it was a cold day after Thanksgiving game. And he like just like just like dominated that game. That's what Nash looked like to me yesterday. He looked like a guy who could not be stopped. And he was he just dominates the line of scrimmage. He exemplifies what it means to be a black shirt. And Geoff, you're right. Everybody loves touchdowns, but defense wins championships or defense at the very least gets you to the Vandalay Industries Bowl. And so uh, my my corn cop goes to Nash Hutmaker, the polar bear. I'm so excited. I feel like this guy's going to be the anchor of the defense for the next two and a half years. And I'm so excited about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love the guy. I've already talked about it. It gets me uh, excited. I mean, I will. I was going to say it too. If you can give an honorable mention, Tej, uh, 
I know our offense didn't fire on all cylinders, but I will still give Heinrich credit where credit is due. I mean, that dude, does he know how to slide? Like, has he ever slid the entire time? That dude will lower his shoulder and take a hit. Oh, the only other person and he took a, that is Josh Allen. He took NFL. a big one too. He um, yeah, so yeah. I'll he's got a that too. And he scored. He's he is he Heinrich Harburg or is he William Wallace? He's right. got, he's he's got the heart. He's got the heart of a warrior. Um, and like you, like he's just he's a great athlete. Um, obviously some things he needs to work on from the quarterback perspective, but he's, he's what is he four and one as a starter? Yeah. 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 And the, the team plays hard for him. Absolutely love the kid. Uh, and then, you know, native Nebraskan to boot. So, Hey, um, mini, can we give a, can we do an honorable mention mini corn cob to, uh, Emmett Johnson? Um, the freshman, yes. Mr. That- Mr. Football in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, Finally, we had a running back, although it was only, I checked the stats, it was only by one yard. We had a running back lead us in rushing uh, for once instead of, instead of Harburg. He had 73 yards and Heine had 72. So we had a a running back lead us in rushing. Yeah. He looks good. Yeah. Um, He looks like a good combination of like kind of slippery and, and smooth and fast, but also powerful. Um, And I mean, I feel like we've heard good things about this guy since he got to Nebraska mm-hmm. and he's never really quit even when he's buried on the depth chart. And so I'm really excited to see him not only get his chance, but to flash when he does get his chance. So, yeah. And he was, he was protecting the ball too. He, he, uh, that one he yes. gave up in Illinois, I saw he, he had both arms on it, crisscrossing him, and he wasn't, he wasn't letting that ball out. No, that's right. That's right. I will, we'll give many corn cobs to, um, to William Wallace, AKA Heinrich Harburg and to Emma Johnson as well. All right, boys, moving into uh, Purdue week. This is the Sunday night after the Northwestern game. I think we're going to try to get this pot out yet tonight. Um, so Northwestern recap, um, just huge win for the Huskers. Always important to beat those second-rate programs that we are and always will be better than. We took care of business. We swept the state of Illinois, Northern Illinois, University of Illinois. Northwestern University, fake NU. Uh, so I don't know what that means, but we'll it take means it. On to the Bears. <laughs> Bring on the Bears. The Bears are next. Um, here's a really, really fun stat that I saw on the Twitters. Hats off to Elijah Herbal. Um, Taylor Swift is dropping her album, 1989. Oh, she's infiltrated our pod. Taylor's version. She's everywhere. Taylor's Taylor's album, yeah, Taylor's version. It's it's a yeah, it's like a re. Uh, from what I understand, it's a re-release the way like she wanted it or something. I don't know for sure. I'm not gonna it's pretend. My... I'm not gonna pretend to know what it is. However, Purdue is zero and nine all time the week of a Taylor Swift album drop. How about that? And her album, 1989, <laughs> is scheduled to be released on Friday. Just so, in time, baby. Thank you, T Swizzle. You know, sometimes common fans, things just start rolling your way. That's right. Things just start going your way. All right. Congrats to the Huskers on a big win against Northwestern. They are now four and three. The game against Purdue is on Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Central time. Uh, All three common fans predicted. Let's 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 end on this. We all predicted the win against Northwestern. We predicted the next two as well. So we're still on the hook. We're still on the line. Um, hopefully when we're doing this a week from now, uh, we're talking about a five and three Nebraska team that just beat Purdue. Uh, also common fans hold tight. Our next, uh, our next episode is going to be out in a couple of days and it's going to be our, we're going to have our first ever guest on the common fan Ooh. podcast. Somebody yeah. we're really excited about, uh, who's, we've already conducted the interview spoiler alert. And uh, he he gave us an hour. He spent an hour with us, gave us just tons of insight into his career and some things that I think Husker fans are going to be really interested in uh, learning about. And so uh, hold tight for that, uh, Common Fans. Again, follow the pod. Uh, yeah, follow the pod on Twitter at CommonFanGBR. Send us an email, CommonFanGBR at gmail.com. Make sure to follow slash subscribe on your podcast streaming platform of choice. Boys. Any final thoughts? Um, yeah, I do have a final thought, TJ. This is go, uh, go for it, Matthew. We are. Uh, oh, <laughs> Coach, I don't know, Coach Osborne, <laughs> Coach Satterfield. Go ahead and email us. We can send more play, more play uh, suggestions. No problem. 
No, I, uh, you know, as much as I'd like to give more play suggestions, I think the, the guys are okay. And I just want to say this has been a lot of fun doing this with you guys. And uh, I don't know where this is going to take us, but I hope we can do it for as long as possible. And I'm really, really grateful to all the common fans out there for uh, for listening, subscribing, following. Um, ran into three buddies yesterday uh, that I hadn't seen in a while. All told me they were listening to the pod and they loved it. And so... Everybody, we love you guys, and keep listening, keep supporting. Um, we're just enjoying the heck out of doing this. Yeah, it's been great, and I'm honored to be a part of it. TG brought up William Wallace a little bit ago. Uh, do you guys remember those old-school VHS, like, double tapes, the movies? Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, of course. Braveheart is, like, the one that sticks out of my head as the most that was always sitting on, like, my parents' shelf in the <laughs> entertainment center in the basement. Like... That's the first thing I think of whenever somebody brings up William Wallace is that old double tape Braveheart set. My parents. Good call I remember <laughs> sometimes, like especially if I had like a half day of school for whatever reason, which wasn't very often. I would like when we were sitting at home before football practice, would try to like fast forward on the VHS to find like the "They can take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom" speech. You know, like right before high school football practice to try to get jacked up. So. Um, anyway, no, I pr- appreciate what, uh, what both of you guys said. And I agree. We're having so much fun doing this. We're definitely getting a little bit of traction, which has been so much fun, uh, but it's also just fun to, um, to, to, to talk Husker football with you guys, uh, put it out into the world and uh, see how people react. So, um, on to the next one, guys. Purdue in less than a week. Yes. Huskers on track for a bowl game. GBR for life. Go big red. GBR. Beat Purdue.